the Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Happy New Episode 169 to kick off 2023 with your favorite three guys sitting around a bar having a cold, frosty glass of your favorite beer to kick off the new year. I'm Manny. Matt and John are here as well. Hello, fellas. Happy Hello. New Year to you. Hey, guys. How's the holiday? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit down <laughs> to start off 2023, Mr. Matt. Holiday was great. Kids had a good time. I think they're still searching my house for maybe I forgot a present somewhere that I didn't uh, put under the tree. They got spoiled, of course, from Santa, so that was good. Yeah, it's been all right. That's that's good. And you got spoiled? Always. Are you kidding me? Always. I had like amazing. I had like two mornings that I got to sleep in past like. 615 it was unreal what what time were your kids up on christmas day so they were with mom on christmas day so i don't care (laughs) 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 what time were they up they were up right around seven it wasn't it wasn't anything outside of the uh outside of the norm so it wasn't ludicrous no okay So, and my kids were up around seven, but at the Rashad household, I understand he had to get up at 4 a.m. What's up with that, Rashad? Or was that (laughs) Bruno forcing you to get up that early? Yeah, that was Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kids, I tell you. Damn dog. Lucky he's cute. Have kids, they said. It'd be fun, they said. (laughs) You know, Matt, I'm glad you had a good holiday. I had a great holiday. Lots of eating, lots of drinking, lots of fun and games. But both of us finished second and a distant third to John Rashad's holiday. Mm -hmm. Not only did he get presents, he raked in the fitty-fitty at a junior hockey game. Unreal. That's right. Everybody in the booth who um, were not employed by the attack at all, so and we're not employed by Owen Sound Minor Hockey, so we're free to enter the 50-50 draw. So we all go in every single game. We've been doing it for several years. So we all go in for five bucks each, a total of $20, and then we never get a sniff. Like a lot of the times we don't even match one digit. And then so on uh, the other night there, <laughs> we uh, the number pops up on, onto my screen because I get to see the winning number first. So I read it off to everybody so they can put it up on the scoreboard and Fred Wallace can announce it over the PA. Then I grab our tickets and I go through and I see, okay, have we matched? And I look and I'm like, oh, oh, the letter's right. Okay, so the letter's the same for everybody. Okay, the first number, yeah, second number, third number, fourth, what? Holy cow, we're getting close. And all of a sudden I look, I'm like, Matt, Matt, look at this. Matt, did we match? And like Matt uh, Hermes leans over and goes, we won the 50-50. And we all just start yelling and high-fiving and as Fred Wallace said, has there ever been a more distracted next 10 minutes in that booth in the history of the Bayshore? 
None of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> so who did Fred announce as the winner, though? <laughs> yeah, I figured because Sarah Carmichael, who's there, uh, she was uh, she's morning show host on one of our radio stations. Fred Wallace, who everyone knows. Matt Hermes, who does news and is doing the play-by-play this year for the attack. So I thought, well, it better be my name, I guess it will say, so that <laughs> we're not getting mobbed because I'm the guy that the fewest number of people know. So he announced my name and then Sarah Carmichael, who was in with us, she was on the uh, halfway across the building and she said, wait, did I just hear Rashad's name? And then so she came back to the booth. She's like, did you win the 50-50? I'm like, we won the 50-50. And she was like, yay! So <laughs> yeah, we were a bunch of happy campers. So $3,200, just over 800 bucks each. So That's not that. bad. That's a nice Christmas gift. That's a yeah. great way to start the year. Matt, have you ever won a fitty fitty? Considering you've been throwing in $1,200 a year, it's nice to finally <laughs> get uh, 800 back, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're hoping Owen Sound minor hockey, so that's good. I don't know that I've ever won a lottery or um, like a giveaway or anything like that before. I don't think so. Hmm. I've won 50 50 once. <laughs> In my lifetime. Okay. At a junior C hockey game. Oh, so it was about $7. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah. I took home a big $60, everyone. There you Woo! go. There you go. All right. It's a big night for them. So, Rashad, <laughs> what you're telling us is that you have to put in like 20 bucks every time to win. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Right. Well, actually, game. we put in 40 that night because I'll tell you the story about this, too. There's a whole big thing to this. So, a couple of days earlier... I'm walking through our radio station parking lot and I find a 20 on the ground and it's a couple of days after Christmas and a couple of days before payday and radio. So I'm like, someone who dropped this is going to miss this because nobody carries cash. Like someone's going to know they dropped a 20. So I emailed everybody on staff and I said, did anyone drop a $20 bill at around 11 a.m. in our parking lot this morning? So nobody got back to me within 24 hours. So Fred Wallace said, well, why don't we throw it in on the 50-50? So we all put in our usual five plus I threw in the 20 that I found on the parking lot. So 40 bucks won us the uh, the 50-50 draw. Okay, so technically somebody's going to be coming after you for your half <laughs> because it was their $20 that won it for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Seriously, I was in Owen Sound recently. That might be my $20. No, you, I'm just letting you know right now. You only walk around Owen Sound with singles. <laughs> <laughs> and say I'm Matt Dumichel. So <laughs> doesn't get, I don't get very far. I don't understand. No, no, why. You, you won't. You won't. <laughs> Since it is 2023, guys, have you made New Year's resolutions, or are you into that? I'm not into it. I always, I always think about doing it, and then decide mm-hmm. no, and then like maybe I'll maybe I'll set my resolutions for like May 9th. Well, this is when my <laughs> resolutions are going to start. So there's a little less pressure. So ask me again in May. Ask me in May if I've made any New Year's resolutions. Deal, deal. How about you, Rashad? Um, I made one a couple of two years ago, and it didn't come true. So I'm done with that shit. Oh, and, listen, it's not a wish. It's a New Year's <laughs> resolution. Oh, damn it. <laughs> going into a waterfall here, Rashad. You have to work to do this. Oh, I didn't lose I a pound. My New Year's resolution is to win a million dollars, and I didn't get it. Rashad, Rashad's going to bed waking, thinking he's going to wake up looking like Zac Efron. 
<laughs> Instead, he looks like Zac Efron's grandfather. <laughs> I nudge Jill. She's like, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you think? Nope, maybe not. But maybe next year. See, I used to make resolutions, and and now my resolution is to not make resolutions. Like, it just never, never pans yeah. out. You can't be disappointed. Uh, we, Right? Not at the beginning of the year. No. That's right. Yeah. We want to say thank you again for following us and listening to us as we start a new year on For Future Considerations. Yeah. And if you're looking for a resolution, how about joining us on social media? You can follow us at For Future Considerations, your favorite podcast platform on social media, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and For Future Considerations on Facebook as well. Yeah, make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform and stay tuned throughout the coming weeks and months as we will have more great sports talk. We'll have some special guests and we invite your questions as well to join the debate. And speaking of debates, let's get right into it to start 2023 with the terrible scene in the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. It's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. The entire world saw DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills collapse on the football field on Monday night. He suffered cardiac arrest, and after CPR was performed, he was rushed to the hospital, where he remains at the time of this recording, listed in critical condition. Guys, we've had a few questions about the game being postponed. What are you guys thinking at this time? Well, it was a good thing the game was postponed. I, I saw the ESPN report that said um, the NFL was moving to get the players warmed up again before the coaches stepped in and said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're not going to play this game. Um, it's a scary scene because um, nobody nobody knows what happened. Did he have an underlying condition? Was it because of a hit? Or was it because of the tackle he just made? You know, this is a guy who's 24 years old. It could have been me. And I think to the point, not only should that game have been postponed, and the NFL was right to postpone that game, and they don't even know if they're going to play it at all, depending on the standings. But guys, I'd go a step further here and go, you know, let's, let's wait another week. Postpone week 18. You know, Everybody's coming back into their football facilities now uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, watching what just happened to one of the players in the league. Their minds are not on games. Their minds are not on practice. Their minds are not on preparing for the opponent for a big game in some cases where they need to win to get into the postseason. The NFL already has a built-in extra off week before the Super Bowl. Let's just wait an extra week and postpone all of these games because right now life is bigger than sport. Yeah, I agree. And then I think uh, as part of that too, um, those two teams, especially the Bills, they may, they may need some counseling to get them through this next little bit because um, I will tell you 30, 30 some odd years ago, um, I saw someone who had drowned and uh, was given CPR on a beach and um, I didn't know that person. They did pass away. But that sticks with me now 30 years later. I still have a dream about it once every six or eight months or so. And I didn't know that person. So if you can imagine those players 
standing around a teammate that they go to war with week after week and thinking that that person is may die in front of them. The trauma that they have gone through, not only do they need an extra week, they're going to need to talk to some people, I think, during the off season and going forward for a while to come. Yeah, and that might be the thing to kind of piggyback on on that, Rashad. You never really know when that time is going to come for for these guys outside of the, the initial shock, right? Like you saw any number of the players in very emotional, everybody's getting together in a circle and, and praying and all of that. And I'm sure they'll be, if you want to call it motivated to, uh, to play for, for their brother, then, then they would have that on their backs too. But yeah, when, when the, uh, the lights are turned off and, and we're sitting there in the end of February, middle of March or something like that, it's, it's going to be a very different feeling for these guys. So yeah, I mean, the only thing that I took from it last night as I was kind of hit and refresh on, on my phone was, you know, yes, I, I heard the ESPN report that the NFL wanted them to get back on the field and, and get ready to play and such. I, I thought at the beginning, I thought the NFL was getting a very bad look in a sense of like, just postpone the game. We'll postpone the game. We'll just cancel the game. We'll just there's there's a lot of moving pieces here that that you can't can't just pick up the phone and say okay the game's over. I thought the NFL actually handled Monday night very very well. Yeah, kudos to them and, and kudos to the broadcast team too. Mm-hmm. Like Lisa Salters, for example, having to report not on football but yeah. on the medical condition of a player transported to hospital. Like, um, you know, I thought the broadcast crew did a very good job. Um, and that should be noted. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't heard a lot of talk around week 18 being postponed altogether. Maybe the big machine that is the NFL will try to keep rolling this weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think there will be more talk as the week progresses about that. The other thing I think we'll, we'll hear a lot about is guaranteed contracts for football players. Yep. Right? Players are going to want guaranteed contracts after watching their brother collapse on a football field. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always thought, well, I think anyone with common sense has always thought that there should be some guaranteed money for these guys who literally – risk life and limb week after week in a collision sport that the richest league in the world can look after these guys without hurting their bottom line at all. And now let's switch, if we can, to something a little more positive, and that is the performance of Connor Bedard. And Bedard holds the line. Bedard back with it. Slides in again. Bedard scored an unbelievable goal in overtime to list Canada, lift Canada past Slovakia and get into the semifinals. Are we watching the greatest world junior player of all time? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what he's doing is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, I watched a little bit of the game with, with my little guy, and uh, by the end of the game, I had taught my little guy how to say his name because I was like, listen, you're going to be talking about this kid probably your entire life. Uh, of what what he's been able to do and and what he's been able to uh, accomplish already. I mean, it's different. It's always different on the world stage. And and not to say that this was a game that was a marquee matchup and that we were all waiting for. And and I thought Canada actually was quite poor in the game. Um, The fact that it had to go to overtime and, and they end up winning on overtime in overtime on that. But there's there's definitely a stage to it. And and when you put certain kids in certain roles 
especially their age, especially what the pressure that he had coming into the tournament, um, what the lights are like when you're on at home and you're playing some of these big games. I mean, the next couple games, obviously, that they play will be very telling in this kid, uh, in this kid is his future and trajectory and how he handles those kind of situations. But, I mean, I don't think you can ask much more from, from what this kid's been able to do in the, the very short time and just at an international level of what he's done. Yeah, I agree. I think we're seeing a legend in the making. I think we're going to remember his performance for many years to come. I remember Sidney Crosby years ago, and I think we're going to remember him just like that. You can throw in Connor McDavid, too, at the World Juniors. He was great. You know, this guy's breaking records set by Eric Lindros and Jordan Eberle. Like, with his one goal, he set three new records for Team Canada. Um, um, So... It was funny because I was watching the World Junior game and watched that and was like, oh, my God, that was incredible. Switched over to the football game and moments later watched something incredible for a vastly different reason. It was it was like 10 minutes of crazy mixed emotions there as I was watching the sports. But I agree, this this is the greatest Canadian world junior player of all time. And even if he doesn't live up to the hype, he will still hold that mark next to his name, the greatest Canadian world junior player of all time. But more so than that, I think you may not even see him jump over the boards, but once you see him touch the puck, you're like, oh my God, it's Connor Bedard. Okay, I've got to pay attention a little bit now. And he's he's carrying the team into the semifinals here, past the round robin, literally putting the team on his back. Mm-hmm. Because further to what Matt said, Canada has been an uninspiring group otherwise, right? Like their defensive zone play almost cost them the game, except Connor Bedard rescued them. Yep. And he scored two goals, got an assist, like – this kid's the next real deal. Canada needs to be better if they want to go on, but Connor Bedard may carry the whole team on his back through the medal round as well. He is that good. And NHL teams watching him play are like, this is why we're going to tank in the second half and try to trade everybody <laughs> sure. so we for a chance to win the lottery to get this kid. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. And now it's time for our play of the week. And we didn't do a poll this week. There weren't a lot of options to choose from with so few sporting matches happening um, during the holidays. But uh, this play stood out. Here's good. Branson drops it back up high. The shot comes through. Rebound. Oh, Stalock got a piece of it before it crossed the line. That one went right through the blue paint. The Blue Jackets, Johnny Goodrow as he hits the glass. Why is he hitting the glass? Because Alex Stalock with the paddle. Oh, my. Alex Stalock of the Chicago Blackhawks makes an incredible stick save to rob Johnny Goudreau of a goal. Great stick save. Off your boy, yeah, Matt. That was a terrible, terrible save. That was pure luck. <laughs> there was no skill involved in that whatsoever. Uh, our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And next week, we'll be back to posting the poll at Podcast FFC on Twitter, uh, where you can vote for your favorite play. We'll give you four options, and uh, you pick the one that you think is best, and you'll find out next week if it is the winner. And now let's talk some football after the college football semifinals were played on the weekend. It's on the way. No good. He hooked it. 
Ohio State loses to Georgia after a last-second missed field goal, and Michigan loses to TCU in a wild offensive game. Guys, what did you make of the games on the weekend? Guys, this is what the college football playoff committee wanted. They got it in spades. They've got 44 points in the third quarter of the Michigan TCU game, 38 points in the second quarter of the Georgia Ohio State game. You had games going down late to the fourth quarter to decide it. In the Ohio State Georgia game, the ball dropped. Before the game ended, you had more people paying attention to the football game than welcoming in 2023 at midnight. This is what the playoff committee wanted, and it gives them more ammunition to legitimize the fact that they want to move to a 12-team playoff. Took them a couple of years to get to this point in the semifinal where they had these tremendous games that were viewed by millions of people, but this is what they wanted, and they got it. Yeah, we speculated that more games and higher profile was going to um, create a lot of buzz, and um, it happened. Man, they, they looked like geniuses. This was fantastic entertainment. I have to admit, I was watching Ryan Seacrest, but uh, no one else was. <laughs> I watched Ryan Seacrest. this is for a cfl guy too i mean a 51 45 Mm -hmm. uh final in in college football uh might be entertaining to you uh i've seen better games playing at pop warner fields if that's the second and third best teams in the country i don't see how adding eight more teams is going to make this any more entertaining if anything it's solidified for me there should only be four teams don't start bringing in like the number one seed and the number 12 seed in the country are showing up in these games exactly a vast difference in ability. So if you're bringing the 12th team who is what middle Tennessee state or something like that against Georgia, the first you're going to bring in 12 teams for the playoffs. That's all well and good, but don't expect that first week you're going to get anything even remotely entertaining. You're just going to see what you see in the first couple of weeks of college football when it's like 63 to 9 and and we're we're trying to bet the under on 100 points and losing. <laughs> Not every game's going to be a blowout. Not every game's going to be a blowout. You're going to get the odd upset. You're going to get the odd Cinderella story. You're going to get uh Tennessee and Clemson playing Alabama would be in the 12-team playoff if they were playing this year and have a shot again at the at the title. This is what the college football committee wants. More drama, more fans enthralled in the drama. This is what they want. This is this is all of it. The the drama of of a 96-point college football game is is what we Look how close that was against a team that Afterwards, I had to actually look up to see where they actually play out of uh, that that beat the university, the the loved, beloved University of Michigan. Look, if you're going to go to 12 teams, you want to talk about the drama. And yes, there's going to be an upset for sure. Then you have to change the regular season because college football is not even close to being interesting until maybe November. If you're going to do 12 teams, now you're going to get teams that are going to get in there that have three losses on the season. 
some of these teams, their their nine wins or their uh, their ten wins or whatever are are they're literally paying schools to come so that they can beat the hell out of them. Like there's the the first couple of weeks. If you want to extend the college football season, that's fine. But you got to get rid of the junk at the beginning of the college football season because you're not getting anywhere close to this to entertaining games at the first two weeks of the Michigan is Michigan literally played my high school. They played my high school. It wasn't even my college. They played St. Joseph's High School in in Fountain Blue, Windsor, and ruled them. And it's not fun. Nobody's nobody's entertained. It's fun in September. That's why they do it in September. They don't do it in November. Everybody knows in college football, the season doesn't begin until November. But it doesn't mean anything. So why are we doing this? You're going to extend the playoffs to create games that you already just said we don't even need. It's just going to be colder out. So now we're going to care a little bit more. No, I say we need the games. It's just like exhibition games in hockey or in preseason football games. You need those games in September to lead up to the glory that is November and December and the big title game happening next week. Georgia and TCU. I have a hard time being a a fan of college football and believing that a 51-45 final is the two of the four best teams in the country. So let's invite eight more to play in what I think will be watered-down, mediocre football. The last two weeks might be great. The last two weeks, the final four should be and might be great. If you want upsets, that's all well and good. But you're going to at some point be asking for Fresno State to play against Georgia on on New Year's Eve weekend. And Georgia is going to just, like, you, you ever seen a peach in a juicer just dissolve instantly? That's what you're going to watch. Like, hey, there's more football. No, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. The best teams will play in December in the bowl games against the other best teams. 42-41, 51-45. Yeah, that's a lot of offense, but offense is exciting. People like offense. People like to go, oh, my God, this game is bananas. It's going to be great, Matt. There's gonna be, You're going to love it. There's going to be plenty of offense, of one-sided offense. <laughs> There's going to be no question about that. You're going to have two pretty average weeks, and then you're going to get into the final four next week or next year, whenever they do this, and all you're going to be talking about all these last two weeks are going to be unbelievable. Well, yeah, that's what we were at before, but no, let's just add some more teams. It's going to be great. Just wait and see. (laughs) And now before we get into rapid fire, we received a few questions from Curtis and Gary asking us our top sports stories of 2022. Top sports stories of 2022. Oh, okay, guys. Curtis and Gary. Are we doing like personal favorites or like in the world? Yeah. What are your personal well, favorites? Personal favorites for me is is the greatest right-handed hitter of my lifetime legitimizing himself as the greatest right-handed hitter of my lifetime and reaching 3,000 hits. Also reaching 600 home runs or 700 home runs or whatever he's got now. He's probably still hitting home runs. Miguel Cabrera on a, on a terrible team had a pretty decent year and made baseball somewhat memorable 
in Detroit in the summer. That was the highlight of the year for me. All right, my highlight, I think we'll all remember where we were when we heard that Vince McMahon stepped away from the WWE. <laughs> I don't even remember when we did the podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he stepped away. I know we covered it. <laughs> you know what the most forgettable sports story was? The Olympics. Do you remember that the Olympics were held last year? <laughs> the Winter <laughs> Olympics were out last year. I remember <laughs> most forgettable. Do you remember the the only thing I remember about that is the entire world hated a thirteen year old Russian figure skater. The, remember I, that everyone was piling on her. I just remember looking up not that long ago when the next Winter Olympics was in hopes that Connor Bedard would be a teenager going to play for Canada in the Olympics because we'd be ready in NHL teams. What do you mean it's 2026? When was the last Olympics? Oh, <laughs> 10 months ago. Right. <laughs> uh, if, I, if I'm looking at the biggest stories of the year, uh, another one that was crazy to think that it happened in 2022 was Tom Brady retiring, then unretiring, yep. then playing again. Mm. That all happened in the same year. The biggest one is probably the World Cup. Yeah. And the World Cup final. Like, I think that was the greatest championship game in any sports event history. Like, I know it's recent bias, but, you know, like Aaron Judge's home run chase, meh. He tied the record, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I thought John was going to go Serena retiring. Sure. I'm, I'm <laughs> surprised he didn't say that. I was actually um, going to say the World Cup, but I knew you would, so I had to pick something ridiculous. Yeah. That's why I picked Vince McMahon. <laughs> but, I, you know, the World Cup being such a memorable event, I think, mm -hmm. was a great way to cap off 2022. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. And a question from Brendan in Alberta. Now that J.J. Watt has announced his retirement, Brendan wants to know if Watt is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Watt is not just a first ballot football player. He's a first ballot guy. He's just a good, good guy. A guy that you want to root for. He's got his head in the right place. He speaks up when he needs to speak up. He's extremely charitable. Like you talk about a guy who at some points in his career may have been the face of the NFL, but man, you really missed the boat on J.J. Watt, I think, overall. And maybe it was because it was with Houston for so long and maybe it never you know, really had a big push or a championship run or, or anything like that. But man, oh man, the NFL is going to miss people like J.J. Watt. I totally agree. You know, like every time we have these debates um, – you know, we, we look at their player, their play on the field. And basically, you know, it comes down to, were you the greatest at your position or one of the greatest at your position during your career? And the answer for J.J. Watt is yes. He was a not only at his position, he was a three-time defensive player of the year. But further to your point, Matt, what he did um, after Hurricane Harvey – hit Texas and the money that he raised using his platform to raise awareness and funds for the hurricane relief, that was a Hall of Fame move on a personal level. Yeah, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. 
And now a question from AJ in Providence, Rhode Island, about the Winter Classic. Jake DeBrus scored two goals as the Boston Bruins beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1 at Fenway Park. AJ wants to know what we think of the Winter Classic. You know, we've railed on the Winter Classic mm-hmm. on past episodes here, but I didn't mind this year's. Maybe it was because the Bruins dressed up in those old Red Sox uniforms heading to the rink. Yeah, uh, and maybe cool. it was because the nostalgia of Fenway Park, playing hockey at Fenway Park. I didn't mind it this year, guys. But again, let's have just one a year. Let's not have five games a year. They did a really good job. For a hockey game played in a huge baseball park, that was about as good as it gets. Yeah. I still think Winter Classic needs to be one outdoor game a year. I think they do a great job of doing it on January 2nd. I still want it to be in some isolated farm somewhere. Like you're building up the the Field of Dreams game uh, that they do at Major League Baseball. Build some sort of complex that you can somewhere else outside of – any major city or anything like that, because the problem that you run into with these outdoor games that we've seen a ton and we've talked about a ton, so there's no point in reiterating it again. Yes, it's Boston and Pittsburgh at Fenway Park, which is awesome. I've seen Pittsburgh outside almost as much as I've seen them inside. I've seen Boston outside just as much as I've seen them inside. We've seen Detroit. We've seen Toronto. The World Classic for next year sounds outstanding. Being in Seattle with Vegas as the other team, that's how you're going to put this league together and build it into some sort of larger market event as opposed to just putting it in the places that are already solidified as NFL or uh, NHL cities. Put it somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Put Arizona in the game. Put you know just some of these random teams that you you aren't going to see. Get the Columbus Blue Jackets in an outdoor game. If you want to grow the sport, that's the way you grow the sport. Or you can just keep it where you want to keep it and be safe and put it in these baseball stadiums. And oh, good, we get to see the Boston Bruins again. So I didn't watch it. I didn't really care. I, I liked all the stuff around it for sure. Uh, it's watered down for me. They've got to come up with something a little bit better. I feel like you actually specifically, Matt, a year ago at this time, actually suggested Vegas outdoors, didn't you? So I think they're finally going to, you're going to get part of your wish at least. Well, I mean, you have to go with, you know, this isn't, I've never understood, well, I, I understand and I haven't understood at the same time, but I don't understand why if you're trying to grow the game, you're not growing the game in the places that need the game to be grown. Like we, you know, nobody is, I don't think anybody, and I may be wrong. Who knows? I don't think anybody in the South where it seems like they're trying to put teams and trying to grow markets and, and all that stuff in the, in the Floridas of the world. And now with Vegas and California, it's grown and, and Phoenix and all this stuff. I don't think anybody falls in love watching the New York Rangers. I just don't. Because we've all seen the New York Rangers. The original six, I think, is lost on younger people because it was so long ago. So introduce new players, introduce different teams, different uniforms, different histories. You know, I think there's a ton of stories that the NHL doesn't go after because they just go after the most basic stories that you can more often than not with marketing. 
Like let's let's see what the you know the Florida Panthers have a pretty decent team the last few years. How many people in, in the NHL know you know NHL markets know who Alexander Barkov is? Other than anybody that would go to Florida Panthers games, he's one of the best players in the league. Put him on a stage. Put these teams. It, it doesn't have to be done in Florida. You're going to put a, a you know, put a facility together in Montana. And every year we get to go to Montana and play one game and you build it up like Major League Baseball's done with this Field of Dreams game and make it an event, not just, oh, good, we're outdoors again and, oh, who's playing? Oh, great, Pittsburgh. Cool. Uh, I, I don't totally disagree with you there. Uh, I think you're right. Picking something unique to tie the game to, like a Fenway Park, like playing in Seattle next year, I think is a great hook for the NHL and the NHL's done a good job. But And I do agree they need to showcase other players and other teams. Like if, if, if you're going to, if you're going to make it unique, make it, put it in Iceland, put it in, you know, put it in Europe. If you're, if you want to showcase Barkov playing his home country in Finland, right? Like you can do something like that and grow the game that way. Yeah. They got to figure out something. Cause I'm looking at the list right now. There are, you know, we can go through it all day, whatever. So Arizona, Columbus, Florida, and Seattle have not played outdoor games. Why there are teams in the NHL that have not played outdoor games and the Blackhawks and the Penguins have played six, Boston and Philly have played five, the Red Wings, Montreal, New York Rangers, Toronto, and Washington have played four. Like There's no reason for it to be that top-heavy in one end and bottom-heavy in the other other than you're just leaning on teams that you're hoping fans have have heard of. But that, too, is because they're playing more outdoor games, too. They... In a year, right? You don't you don't need to have ten outdoor games. In no, the not at all. You need to have one outdoor game, and maybe it's the two teams that top two teams in the draft every year. Maybe it's the Stanley Cup champion against the top seed in the draft. I don't know. Make make it predetermined already, so that you can pump it up or whatever you want to do. But you got to do something else. Don't you know? Pump it up. You got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And this song is starting 2023 at the top of the charts. The song is called Unholy by Kim Petras and Sam Smith. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. First time I heard this song, I didn't like it. Mm. But now it's growing on me. So, I'm going to pump it, boys. Okay. Okay. It didn't take me uh, one time to get used to this song. I like this song. Sam Smith is badass. This is a great song. Oh, you love you some Sam Smith, it's, don't it's, you? He's the man. He's the man. Writing's on the wall. We're shots our music aficionado. What's up? I hate it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Sam Smith, and I don't like this song. It's funny. My wife and I were out the other day, and uh, she had a Spotify. She had Spotify on, 
and this song came on on today's hits or whatever it was on Spotify. We switched over to iHeartRadio because we hated this song when it came on. And then it came on on the iHeartRadio app, too. And we're like, God, we can't get away from this damn song. So neither one of us like it. It's at the top of the charts. Everyone's playing it. Uh, Everyone's wrong. You may be the... In the 10 percentile of people in the world who hate Sam Smith, don't people love this guy? And and Adele. He's already sick of Adele, too. I think it's Brits. I think John Rashad hates the tragically hip, and he hates Brits. <laughs> that's, that's what we're learning. Oh, so, so I get it. Rashad hates anything to do with the Commonwealth. Singers? There it is. He hates the Commonwealth. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bands and singers from Commonwealth nations. Uh-huh. He hates them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Celine Dion. He out. can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> he, we finally figured it out. All this oh. time. It's taken us 169 episodes, oh, but we figured it out. All this time. Because he's always said, too, I hate those Botswanian bands that they keep playing on these radio stations all the time. Now we get it. Rashad, you're unholy. <laughs> so much sense we're driving around Rashad says can you turn the station please I'm so tired of these artists coming over from Cameroon that think they're hot shit (laughs) he hates the commonwealth Uh. (laughs) oh Rashad their music aficionado trashes the first submission of the year. Amazing. I don't know. I honestly feel like if you bought a Sam Smith album, it's just mostly crying. It's just does him he physically crying. cry on songs? <laughs> I feel like he does. Emotions, I feel like he's always on the verge of crying. Emotions sell. Sam Smith's been through through some hardship, man. Quite a debate, boys. That's quite a debate today. Quite a debate. Sam Smith. (laughs) He doesn't like you. Rashad never sits on the fence. He either loves it or he hates it. Sports topics, he he could go either way. But when you get into pump it or dump it, and you bring out Sam Smith, you bring out a fire of a thousand gods. Oh, man. If you oh, walk, that's one way to that's one it. way to ring in the new year. Just say it, Rashad. If you were to walk by Sam Smith on fire, you wouldn't stop. Just say it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right, Matt. Eh? JJ Watt. Uh, yeah, first ballot, sure, maybe. Yeah. Sam Smith, hate him. <laughs> Connor Bedard, pretty good. Seen better, seen worse. Sam Smith, I'd rip out his vocal cords if I could. <laughs> wow, the end of this episode went to a dark turn. Hey, New Year, same us. Remember, follow us on social media, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook. 
Oh, man, we want to thank our sponsors who are still with us. London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. He's got a new campaign that he just started to kick off 2023. And if you do go to the gym, I think you might hear some Sam Smith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's probably true. And don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate or you have song suggestions for Bump It or Dump It, send us an email for futureconsiderations at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year! Probably most of 2023, or what do you think? (laughs) Sure, why not? Stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for listening to our future considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.